Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, and happy July 4th weekend to the place that everybody wants to be. You will know it, Victory Lane, back from Roseburg in Portland, Oregon, as I got minimal sleep, but had a solid time nonetheless. Nobody had a better time, though, than Derek Krause led all 150 laps wire-to-wire at Douglas County Speedway, and Alex Bowman earned his first career Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series win at Chicagoland Speedway in the Windy City in a really good race, by the way. Fun weekend of racing overall. Um, We're going to get to the show here. I'm at the beach, Bethany Beach in Delaware, with some of my core group of homies. So I want to spend as much time with them, soak in the sun, catch some rays by the pool and by the beach. So we're going to get right to it. And like I said, we have no more Daryl Waltrip. So I don't know what we should add to start the show, but I'm going to do what I did last week and just add this sound effect of a car whizzing by. There it was. All right, Clint Newell Auto Group Toyota 150 presented by Enios from Douglas County Speedway. Yes, very long race name, but you know what? We do what we can. Derek Krause put a whooping on him, <laughs> led all 150 laps, quickest in practice, check. Winning the pole, check. First time since Evergreen 2017, Chris Eggleston did it then, that someone led all 150 laps. I caught up with him after the race to get his thoughts on it. Derek Krause, winner, winner, chicken dinner, all 150 laps. Um, I know we just talked over there, but take me through it again. What was it about this race and this track that suits your driving style and tonight specifically allowed you to lead wire to wire? It's a short track. I love going to short tracks. And just as you said before, the stats of BMR here, they won nine of the eight nine of the eight last races so or eight of the nine last races there you so, go <laughs> yeah so they know what they're doing when it comes here to roseburg and did it proved it again tonight we led 150 laps wire to wire so i think that's really exciting and i can't wait to go to the next race was it nerve-wracking on any of the restarts knowing that everybody was going to be going for broke or were you kind of chilling knowing that you had the bottom lane and that was the preferred groove all night long oh uh, yeah i feel like i feel like uh last year we got it done on the top so i feel like if i we could have got it done if we needed to, but overall we had a really good car on the bottom, so I just made sure I didn't spin the tires or jump the restart like you saw last week at Sonoma go over well. But uh, I just had to stay patient, stay calm in the race car, and just do my best to not spin the tires up off the corner of two and not let anyone get the inside of me. You were fastest in practice. You won the pole. You led every lap. Today, when did you know that you had a car capable of winning and dominating like you did? I, you never know going into races. You never know. I mean, at Colorado, I thought we were gonna. I thought we had a really good car, and I thought we were gonna win there. And the sway bar broke under yellow. So with racing, it's a huge unknown until the checkered flag falls and they. I thought you were in trouble because you had radio problems earlier, right? Yeah, we've had radio problems the last <laughs> how many races? I said on the radio, I'll buy them all new radios for Christmas next year. But uh, uh yeah, we had radio problems, but it really. Once I got a lead, I could see the people in the mirror, and I just would stay patient, stay calm, and just not spin tires off, up off the corner. 
being in the K&M Pro Series for the last few years, you've been one of the best, if not the best, at saving tires. And with a race like tonight, 150 laps, no brakes, no adjustments, no tire changes, that was paramount. You think that's something that you, in this series with all the young rookies that are here, is that something that you have an edge on your competition at? Yeah, being my third year, I've been able to learn. The first year, I was not, I was way too aggressive, and I had to use up all the tires before the end of the race. And now this year, uh, we could, I could save a lot of tire, and I'm learning how to save tire and be there at the end of the race. So I feel like being my third year, I got a, I got a lot of experience with saving tires. And Haley's second year, so she's got a lot of experience saving tires too. So it, it's that's pretty much the name of the game when it comes to 150 laps on a short track, no tires no brakes or anything. So you just got to save your tires and it'll be it'll be there for you at the end of the race. I think I know what you're going to say cuz you're going to go into race car driver mode, but have you begun to think about the end of the year and the possibility of winning this championship? Uh, we just got to take it race mm-hmm. by race okay. and if we do our job here at the racetrack, the points championship will do its job too. I had to try. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I think every every race wins as sweet as the sweet as the last one just because you don't know this could be my last win. So I don't know if this is my last win, or we got more to come. But hopefully, we have more to come this season, and hopefully, we can get the championship too. Yeah, this the crew—they work their tails off. I've been in the shop the past two weeks, watching watching them and helping them on the race car. So I got to see what how much work goes into it. And I tell you, behind the scenes, there's so much more that goes into working on these race cars and preparing these race cars than what people think. So I just can't thank them guys enough. I just knew I had to do my job and then uh, then just protect the bottom and be easy up off the corner. And that the yellow with the red flag or whenever they sprayed all the speedy dry down, it was it was still there was a lot of oil going on the back straightaway and then going into three. So it was a little a little sketchy the first two laps, but it got cleaned off well and it was able to get the victory. Jagger Jones came home in second place for the second time in his young career, uh, getting closer and closer to that first victory, tying his career best finish. I think he'll get a win this season. But I asked him afterwards about his race, and also, I mean, are you getting tired of finishing second, or is it one of those things where you're kind of happy where you're at in your rookie year? Take a listen to what he had to say. Jagger Jones ties his career-best finish tonight with a second-place run. It seems like Derek was kind of in his own zip code. Do you think you had anything for him if the race maybe went green or he got a little bit luckier on the restarts with the inside lane? No, I think we were about second place is where we're second, third place. Um, it was just, like you said, about getting to the bottom on the restarts and just kind of bumping each other maybe a little just to get that uh so you were secure in an odd position spot so we were able to do that and then run our way up uh on the last restart up into second so the race overall it seemed like it was marred by a lot of caution laps which winded up not producing any long green flag runs Haley over there was telling me that that wasn't her downfall necessarily but she felt like she had a really good long run car do you do you feel like your car would have been a little better if it went green for longer or was it just one of those deals where it was circumstance and where you started um, I think we're. I think after about 12 or so laps, everyone uh, kind of leveled out. So everyone is similar speed. It was just those first 12 laps, getting through those passes and really just uh, getting as many positions as you could on the restarts. I know second's probably getting a little bit older for you, but at the same time, it's your rookie season, and you obviously the first race that you were in it was heartbreaking the last lap, but. Do you ever look back on the season and think, all right, you know what, I'm getting second place finishes, podiums, I'm getting close to a win, this is pretty good, or are you one of those guys that's saying, at this point, I just want to win? Yeah, I definitely just want to win, okay. but but you got to improve. I mean, right. uh, that's if you're not winning, if you're improving, that's at least uh, a positive. So mm-hmm. I just really want to go out there and get a win for my team, for Bob Rincotti, who's given me this great opportunity with Sunrise Ford, my sponsor, XYO, my whole team. So I think if I could do that, I think we'll be really happy. 
We spot our Ryan's over here with us. I, I listen to you guys on the radio a lot because he seems to be like the cheerleader and you're just the calm, cool, collected kid. What's it like been to have Ryan on the, on the roof for helping you out all year long as a driver, coach, and a spotter? Yeah, for sure. Ryan's done a great job spotting. I'm kind of more of a guy that doesn't talk a lot on the radio. So, I can tell. So Ryan's, <laughs> Ryan's doing all the talking, So, it, but it's been good. Very cool. Thanks, Jagger. Haley Deacon came home in third place. She got into some bad luck just being on the top lane uh, on restarts when she was in second place. So she ran second pretty much the, the majority of the race, but she wound up coming home in third, and that was kind of her downfall. Um, so it was it was interesting because she thought that if she was able to restart on the bottom every single time, she maybe would have had something for Derek, but at the same time, it, it wasn't really going to be a race for first. It was a race for second. Derek Krause had this thing on lock. It was a solid points weekend for her, as she says, but... Derek gained on her, so she's got to make it up in the next race. Haley Deegan comes home with a bit of a disappointing third-place finish for you. We were just talking. You said the outside on the restarts was basically your downfall, but when you had the inside, you were good. Was that the difference between getting a win tonight and coming home with the podium finish? Yeah, it was hard because I'd want to be on the inside. Okay, I'd get to the inside, I would get in a second, and I'd try to hang with, Ta- uh, hang with Derek and try to take a shot, but... Then I'd just stay in second, there'd be a caution, get stuck on the outside, then I'd fall back to like fourth or fifth, and so then by the time I start getting back up on the outside again or the inside, and they just kept, every other one just kept going, just, I think we had a second place car tonight, uh, it would have been hard to get Derek, but I think we just kept getting screwed on those restarts, but in the end, came out with a clean nose, not horrible points day, so it's good. On nights like these where it's all about tire conservation, no brakes for 150 laps, do you think you're getting better at that, conserving tires? Because that's something that's very big in this specific series. What really sucked is that they were all, half the race was yellows. So our car usually comes in about going 90 lap tires straight, and then it starts coming in good. Thing is, we didn't even get 90 green laps. So I didn't have time to wait for people to burn their stuff up because everyone's equipment was still good because we were so long under yellow. So it just made it hard tonight, just not in our favor. <laughs> so you think if you had a long green flag run, you might have had something for Derek? Um, I think that we for 100% would have had second. Um, for Derek, I don't know. His setup was pretty good. I think he would have had to fall off a tenth or two each lap for us to actually be really in front of him so i don't know it would have been a close good race i wish it would have been longer maybe 200 laps so we could have a nice battle at the end but it's all good and real quick what was it like having your dad spot for you again tonight you told me before the last time we did it it was in the off-road racing series so it must have been a blast from the past i mean it's still pretty good still got it still got it (laughs) but uh yeah my spotter got stuck in chicago so i kind of had no choice her team owner bill mcanally he has won eight of the last nine races here as you heard Derek say earlier I asked him, what makes them so damn good here? One happy team owner once again at Roseburg. Bill McAnally, your team has won eight of the last nine races here. What is it about this place that you and your cars run so well at? I don't the guys, it's just the atmosphere. We've got a the whole community, but Napa's here in in arms for us, supporting us. We've got a lot of sponsors, Clint Newell that sponsors the race. Just a lot of great people here and we like to put on a good show for them. And everybody on the BMR team works really hard. A lot of good people working hard to get these results. Derek Krause put on a hell of a show tonight too. You, you think he was gonna lead all one fifty? No, he, he he was dominant. He yeah. had a great car. That thing was stuck to the bottom, and he drove it flawless. He never abused it, took care of it, and was there all night. And 
I mean, Haley Deegan charged you some traffic there to be at the end. She got shuffled on that restart, getting stuck on the outside, and she came back strong too. Brittany finished the top five, so we'll take them all home in the top five this weekend and wish we could do that at Sonoma someday. <laughs> yeah, someday I'm sure you will. Real quick, I know following Colorado, you guys had a meeting to discuss what went down. Were there any nerves from a team owner's perspective as Haley was kind of charging towards Derek in the closing laps, or were you all good? No, no, all good. I mean, Haley's a she's a great driver, and if she's got a shot to win, she'll take it. We we, we did have some some talks, and everybody's thinking of the big picture now, and thinking about being prepared and not repairing race cars. And I mean, I like that. <laughs> yeah, a short track here at Roseburg to take cars home with as little damage as we're taking home this weekend. The drivers did phenomenal. They all used their heads, thinking of the big picture, so we can go home and prepare for New Hampshire and not repair from Roseburg. Absolutely. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Trevor Huddleston, Brittany Zamora rounded out the top five. Then he had Travis Milburn, Todd Souza, Cody Vanderwall, and Takuma Koga rounding out the top ten. Cody Vanderwall's eighth-place finish is a little interesting. If you follow him on Twitter, go – I mean, you saw, but if you don't, go check out what he was saying Post-race on Twitter basically saying, man, this this sport rips my heart out sometimes. I don't even know if we're going to be able to make it to Iowa because of funding issues. But uh, I actually caught up with him for a story this week that was on NASCARHomeTracks.com. And we basically talked about that. You know, what was the meaning behind that? So take a look at that. Uh, You can hear more about that. I did not get a chance to catch up with him because we had to hit the road three hours north to Portland. But I want to also highlight Keith McGee. He finished in 11th. Cool story for him in the 37 car for... Uh, Cart Idaho Racing had names of cancer survivors on the hood of his car, and it was green and pink because those are the colors of breast cancer awareness and I believe also non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So really cool what Keith McGee was doing. Glad to see him at the racetrack. Taking a look at the championship picture, Krause leads by eight over Deegan. Then he got Huddleston and Jagger Jones 19 points back. I kind of think it's a two-horse race at this point, honestly. I mean, I I don't really see anybody catching Derek for the West Championship. Haley's got a shot for sure. But other than them two, unless something catastrophic happens, I think it's their, them two that are going to be battling for the win and the championship and nobody else really. And there were some stories that came out this week about Haley Deegan possibly dipping her toe into the truck series next year. There was a report of that happening next year. And it makes sense. And all these people were getting their panties in a bunch like, oh, they shouldn't rush her. Well, yeah, they're not rushing her. This is her second full year in K&N. She's probably going to wind up doing a full season in ARCA slash KNN, whatever the merger next year is going to look like. By the way, for people asking me what that's going to look like, I have absolutely no idea. They don't tell me anything. So, like, this is what is supposed to happen. I don't understand why people are getting so mad. Be like, oh, don't rush her. She's like the best thing that's happened since Annika Patrick, except better because she's raised stock cars, which I somewhat agree with. But they're not rushing her. Like, yeah, she's 17. She's about to be 18. She should be doing some truck races next year. That is the next logical progression. And that's what I tweeted, too. It just kind of blows my mind when people are freaking out about that. Next up is New Hampshire Motor Speedway in the k Pro Series East. Then combo event number one of two at Iowa Speedway. But that's not for a few weeks. Camping World 400 from Chicagoland Speedway. Alex Bowman, the showman. Winner, winner, maple syrup dinner. It's kind of hard to say. Winner, winner. Maple syrup dinner. There we go. He actually tweeted something afterwards about how he partied hard. And he was like, yeah, people were chugging maple syrup like super troopers. It was pretty wild. And I was like, damn, I wanted to be at that party. Great race overall, though. Lots of passing, side-by-side racing. 
I really did enjoy it. And let's get down to brass tacks. Kyle Larson passes in with eight laps to go. Then Kyle, or Alex Bowman, I should say, makes a power move down low. Two laps later with six to go, and he was able to hold on for the victory. Driver 88, he ended up getting it stuck in the grass doing his burnout. But he was still hyped, as he should be, in the media center. Woo! Yeah, what he said. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty speechless. I feel like uh, I kind of just want to get home and enjoy it with my friends. Um, it's, it's something that I've – it's all I've wanted in my whole life. And uh, now that we went and won a race, I'm, I don't really know what to do with myself a little bit. But um, just very thankful for Hendrick Motorsports, Exalta, Nationwide, Blue Mar, Valvoline, everybody that – stuck behind somebody with the, I mean I, I don't come from a racing family I don't have a big resume um, I kind of went from from running the back every week to, to doing this and still not really quite sure how that all happened but um, it's it's been a heck of a ride and just uh, very thankful for the opportunity and thankful for for getting to work with people like Greg Ives and this 88 team I was curious and I'm glad somebody asked him as to Bowman's mindset once Larson got by him with eight to go because honestly, I didn't think that he would be able to pass the 42 back. But after finishing second three times already in 2019, he, he was not going to do that again. I just kind of tired of running second. Um, I felt like we had a car capable of winning. We got held up there for a little while. Um, I got super frustrated with some lap cars just not, not helping us, which they don't have to help us. But um, that's just kind of part of it. You know, we lost a big lead there. And. I got pretty frustrated, burnt the right rear tire off trying to get around some lap cars. And when Kyle got around me, um, I was going to tear the right side off it, trying to run the fence or, uh, or get back around him. So um, glad we kept it out of the fence. And I was kind of surprised that, that he left the top open the way he did and left, left clean air up there and um, surprised it, it worked. I guess I should have moved up there earlier, but um, it, I just I didn't want to run second again. And how about the winning move with six laps to go? Side drafting the 42 off of turn two, down the backstretch, clearing him into three and off of four. Uh, the contact was pretty unintentional. I think that was just aggressive side drafting. And I, I think um, Kyle and I are pretty good friends. Um, he's one of the, the few guys in the cup garage that I actually talk to and kind of hang out with a little bit. So, um, you know, I think we were just racing really hard and uh, we raced each other super clean. We raced really hard all night. We come into the end of the second stage. We were side by side quite a bit kind of passing each other back and forth and um you know I wasn't really worried he I know he's not going to drive in there and wreck us um the contact probably made our car a little better folding in the right front a little bit we were so loose we needed uh to tighten it up a little bit but um that was just hard racing and uh I think it's it's a lot of fun to race Kyle like that crew chief Greg Ives won this one for his mom passed away in 2017 I believe and they had not gotten a win on the 88 team since then he was also pretty tired of finishing second as well and uh, glad they got that p1 result on the leaderboard yeah I mean I think you chase everyone that you compete and participate in uh, no matter if it was a pit bike race like I, I did in yesterday and or if it's uh you know a cup series or just a foot race so you know finishing second there I think has been valuable for us to learn and grow as a team uh, you know I just just kind of like what happened almost mimicked what happened in Kansas but uh, I think Alex had some experience behind him and allowed him to understand that uh, the uh, Kyle's car was going to adjust and change a little bit when he got out front, and uh, he just had to stay after it and attack. And um, sometimes if you feel beat, you're going to get beat, and I, I felt like he had that experience, so no, he still had an opportunity, and he took advantage of it. 
Alex told a pretty funny story about winning the Daytona 500 pole a couple years ago, and Greg Gives wanted to run a certain time, and Bowman comes on the radio and go, all right, w- w- what's the lap time? And I was like, uh, what, 48 or 49.90 or something like that, and he wanted to run an 80 or maybe it was the opposite. And he's like, all right, well, where does that put us? And he's like, P1. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, maybe I'll play out another time, and if I ever do one-on-one with Alex, I'm going to try to uh, have him retell that story because it was pretty funny. Top 10, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, really solid run for seven time. Brad Kislowski, Ryan Blaney, Eric Jones, William Byron, three Hendrick cars in the top 10, Martin Truex Jr. and Austin Dillon. A couple notables, Kyle Busch, 22nd, he had issues all day from cutting a tire after contact with Logano to smoke in the cockpit, cutting a tire at the end of stage one with a handful of other people. Kevin Harvick came home in 15th, he scraped the wall while running in the top five, but before that, he was one of, if not the quickest cars. Just bad luck, and these type of things just seem to seem happening. Uh, keep happening. Seem to keep happening. Can't speak English today. I've had too much sun already. Sorry. Okay. Uh, in 2019 for Kevin Harvick, but they'll get their win. No doubt about that. Again, good race. I, I really did like what I saw and had a good time watching it, besides the first 12 laps, because I was not able to watch the first 12 laps. But shout out to Mother Nature for the thunderstorm. Thank you for that. Appreciate you letting me watch. The last 255 laps. Yeah, math. There it is. Let's briefly look ahead to Daytona International Speedway. The Coke 0400 this Saturday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. And the Circle K Firecracker 250 on Friday night from the World Center of Racing. Yes, Eric Jones is the defending winner of this event, he got the win last season in a, a race marred by a ton of crashes. Ricky Spinhouse Jr., I mean Stenhouse Jr., was just yeeting everybody all over the place. And for the cup race Saturday, the stages were increased about 10 laps, I believe, for fuel mileage reasons. That's no biggie, though, because um, people are still going to be you know, good-ish on fuel. I mean, they're going to have to pit. It's just going to be about strategy. Last weekend that this race will be held on July 4th weekend. That holds a special place in my heart, because my birthday is July 2nd. Thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday. And I've always I've always kind of been able to sit back on the weekends and watch this race at Daytona, one of the most famous venues in all of racing, on my birthday. And I, a couple years ago, my parents actually surprised me with tickets to the race for my birthday. And that was just really, really cool. So, uh, shame to see it go, but I think it's going to be in, in a cool spot next year as a regular season finale. So, I'm excited for that. Lug nuts of the week. Give the music. Who are you going to call? Cole Custer. He wins the Xfinity race at Chicagoland. Here he is reflecting on the season after his fourth win already of 2019. Did you think that you would have success this early, Mr. Cole Custer? But I knew we were going to be good. It was just a matter of uh, how long it was going to take us to get there, I think. You know, we both have won a lot, you know, races before, and they were really good last year with Mike and Davin. So it was just a matter of how long it was going to take, you know, for us to learn each other and learn the cars and everything. And I think, it, you know, we really, you know, we started at Fontana. So it was... it's really, you know, started off really good. So I think we're just going to get better and better throughout the year. And in that Xfinity race, Christopher Bell came home in third and was disqualified for failing post-race inspection. Series director Wayne Auten explains why. We take the cars through the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series. We have a height rule. Uh, we have a pre-race height and then a post-race height. And all the cars passed before they went out on the racetrack for qualifying today. 
and we line up and we do the race. And then post-race, we always take our top five plus a random car. So we do six cars every week that we'll take uh, from the impound area as soon as the race is over. Uh, with our officials, we'll roll them back and take them back to the height station. The one thing that we do in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, we unhook the shocks just like we do pre-race. That way we're uh, sort of comparing apples to apples um, with the pre-race numbers that we see uh, into the post-race. The post-race tolerances are really opened up in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. It's about an inch and three quarters. Uh, the start race, it's a three-eighths of an inch that they have to start on. Then it opens up about an inch and three quarters. So we took the 20 car to uh, impound by finishing thir in, uh, third in today's race. And we rolled it up to the inspection station. Our guys checked the air pressures. And then we did our procedure that we do by we fill it up with gas at that point in time. That way everybody's checked the same. Then we uh, raised the hood on the front. One, one crew member kind of raised the hood and then they unhooked the shocks. And they have the opportunity to reach uh, on the front end of the car and they can, what we, terminology in the garage area is we bounce the car. And the 20 car had those opportunities and once they said they were set to go up on the high sticks, uh, up onto the ramp, we rolled the car up. And when we put the sticks on, the car failed uh, both front heights and the right rear. Brett Moffitt in a GMS unsponsored truck, all white, no sponsors on the car, truck, god dang it, wins the truck series race at Chicagoland, the second win of the season. Uh, it was the whole team. We had a really good Chevy Silverado. Jerry and the guys gave me a fast truck and a drivable truck. And um, it's one thing to have speed. It's one thing to be able to move top to bottom and have speed everywhere you go. So uh, pit stops, if you can make up ground, it's always a big plus. Um, but I felt like we had a truck capable of of passing trucks, especially on the long run. We didn't really fall off much, and I could get up to the fence and, and be able to have good speed. So uh, I'll always take coming off pit road first, but uh, I feel like a hell of a lot more than that went into winning this race. Penalty report, Chris Gabehart, who is Denny Hamlin's crew chief, and Mike Shiplett, Cole Custer's, were fined ten dollars and $5,000 respectively for one loose lug nut post-race at Chicago. This is an interesting little nugget, too, and Arizona has now uh, crossed their selves off the list of being Cup Series winners. You'd think that they would have already won a race in the Cup Series, but I guess not, so shout out to Alex Bowman. The ones that have not happened, Alaska, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Louisiana, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Hey, who knows? If you can predict the next state that's going to win, I'll give you a cookie or something. Welcome to a very special segment of the Victory Lane 2.0 podcast. I am here in Bethany Beach, surrounded by some of my best friends in the entire world, and I am going to do rapid fire asking them questions about NASCAR. We will start with Chad William Gruzen. Chad, this is your second appearance on Victory Lane, but your first appearance on Victory Lane 2.0. Welcome back. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Now, I would like to ask you a question, Chad. All right, serious question. So, I'm going to ask each of you guys, like, what would what would it take for you guys to watch NASCAR on a regular basis consistently? So, give me, like, a paragraph on what that would take. Um, so, if you and I were roommates, it would probably be on... What if we weren't? Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I, think I, I think I need some more interesting marketing. Um... I, You're smart. What should they do? I don't. 
I, someone way smarter than me has to figure out that solution. Well, they've been like, they've been going from the marketing strategy of going from the old crowd, like their core fan base to try to get the younger crowd. Some it's somewhat working. Like what, what would you do if you were in their shoes? I don't So, so s- sports that are uh, slow, slower and more methodical, baseball, racing, uh, golf, uh, I, I think are, are challenging for a younger fan base uh, because, you know, you need to, you need to really love the, the intricacies of the sport. Uh, so I think, you know, based on what you've told me, shorter, more shorter track races, more collisions, things like that would make it more exciting for, uh, for someone like me to watch. More short tracks for Chad, more beating and banging, shorter races in general. Josh Gritz, what's your middle name again? Adam. Adam Gritz. Josh Adam. Like Adam and Eve. Yes, Josh Adam Gritz, fresh out the shower, very wet. I asked Chad this question. This is actually your first appearance on the Victory Lane podcast, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Tyler likes it. Okay, what would it take for you to watch NASCAR on a regular basis consistently? More singing and dancing? Um, less circles, more squares. They don't race in circles or ovals. You got me there. You know, I think I'm going to give NASCAR another shot. Really? Just tell them to sing after they win. Like, have some fun. Like the greatest showman. This is the greatest show. Yeah, exactly. He's not stage shy. That's what it is. Tyler. I've my mouth. Well, go dry off. Tyler, you want to be on? Go on it. That's a no. This is recycled. Okay. Adam Sandler. At not the famous one. His name is actually Adam Sandler. Tyler, what are you interested in with this? Do you want to say hello? Yeah, mind your business, mom. Adam, what would it take for a famous guy like you to watch NASCAR on a regular basis consistently? First of all, David, thanks for having me on the show. Um, to watch NASCAR, now, you know I'm not a sports guy. So, like, already, you're already, we have some issues there because no, no sport really captivates me in the way that, like, competitive League of Legends captivates me. So Big esports guy. I'm a big esports guy, you know? Big fan of C9, cloud, like Cloud9. Uh, saw the NALCS in Boston. Like, that's cool stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just need to, like, you know, with the way of the future and, like, holograms. Can I curse? Sure, I'll believe it out. Oh, with, you know, holograms and shit, you know? Like, what if they just, like, made the entire, like, arena sort of, like, like cyberpunk-esque, you know, maybe some power-ups, some mushrooms, you know. So like Mario Kart. Yeah, basically just make it Mario Kart and then I'll watch it on a consistent basis. Mario Kart for Adam. That's what we want there. Jordan, Sam, Goldberg. How we doing? Doing, doing great. Long-time caller, first-time listener. First-time, long-time. I like your little deal you got going on on your head. What made you want to do this? The pod. <laughs> I'm not believing that out. That's funny. All right. What would it take for you, you're a big sports guy, to watch to watch NASCAR on a regular, consistent basis? Sharper banks. Um so you like Talladega? I'd say I'd say cooler tracks. They look sweaty. It's kind of off putting. Um more goals. They could score more. That'd be fun. Um bananas, mushrooms. I like the Mario Kart idea. So you want Alaskan Mario Kart? So it's cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too hot. The rent is too high, too. You need to cut it. Hey, Danny, you want to be on my podcast? Yes. Is Danny, it for real? Yeah, it's actually it's for real. What is it happening it, right now? Yeah, look, it's recording right now. 
Say hello to the people. Hi, people. What would it take for you to watch NASCAR on a consistent, regular basis? They're trying to appeal to female fans, you know. Just being with you, Davey. All right, there you have it. Lauren Seinger, what would it take for you to watch NASCAR on a consistent, regular basis? Money. What kind of money? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, How much money? Free food at the NASCAR race. Just come. I've invited you. <laughs> Do you get free food? Yes. You, you got me in. <laughs> and there are my friends. <laughs> That'll wrap things up for episode 18 of Victory Lane 2.0. A little shorter, a little sweeter than usual, but like I said, I know you guys want to enjoy your 4th of July weekend, as do I. Please do me a favor, though, before you go, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. We got it all going for us here in Victory Lane, as we always do. So I tell you, peace and love, and I'll talk to you all next week.